<clears throat> All I can do is hear me coming back down the line at the moment. Is that because you've got the wrong microphone set up? No, I've got the right microphone setting. Let me hack into your computer again. No, don't do that. If people find out you've done that, we'll be in f***ing trouble, won't we? Uh, no one will know. How would they know? Mm. What are you doing now? That's now me. get off that. Okay, well, uh, what have you been looking at? Oh, the mud. Okay, all right. <gasps> okay. <sighs> Is that better? Pensioner's Paradise is my idea for a TV show, so don't start thinking of nicking it. Uh, uh, it's kind of a love island for over 60s. With lots of lube. Shut up. Oh, God. Mm. Now, I'm just wondering whether I should talk about this. I've, I noticed on a couple of the Twitter feeds from people that um, a guy called Alan Robson, most people will never have heard of, but uh, he he took over my first ever radio show, which was called Night Owls, and it went out between 10 and 2 on Metro Radio in Newcastle, which started in 1974. I can't remember whether I was there to 79 or 80 on Metro. I think it was 80. And then I think I went to the BBC Derby for a year, but I didn't stay there for a year. It was shit. And uh, I went to, then I went to Radio Air in Leeds, and I stayed there for about 10 years and then went and did the TV show and and so on and so forth. But anyway, this guy, Robson, who... um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very listen he took over the show which i created by the way and uh and made fairly made fairly famous uh in fact became the most famous radio show uh in the northeast of england and then for one reason or other my dad in fact my dad died that's right my dad died and we were gonna because my dad was a publican we were gonna we'd already signed contracts as well to take over a pub in Newcastle, he was going to move up with my mum and uh, I was going to stay. But anyway, he died. So all of that fell through. And and I just got a feeling like you do sometimes when things like this happen that uh, you needed a change of life. And um, I think I was 29 at the time, maybe 28, 28 or 29 at the time, and decided that, you know, uh, suddenly I started on the radio when I was sort of in my early 20s. And there I was approaching 30, and I thought, it's time to move. And I did. Anyway, this guy, Alan Robson, who called himself the Flashing Blade, well, he hasn't aged terribly well, it has to be said. Um, as he's, uh, he, he took over that program in, I think it was either the late 70s or early 80s. And, uh, <laughs> um, and he's done it ever since. Um, never moved anywhere, never did anything, never just stayed there. And gosh, he's put on weight. Uh, but there's this big thing. He's going now. They've, they've decided that, you know, perhaps it never changed the format. You've got to change. You've got to move on. You have to change with the times. And he never changed. Um, and uh, he's a bit of an institution. He got an OBE. And so his final program and, and, and all sorts of... But I was quite miffed, I have to be honest. Not a mention of the fact that I... It's, you know, I started this show in 1975. He did not start the show in 1975. 
Should I be upset? Not really, because where I lead, others follow. I, I planted the seeds. I made it a really uh, vibrant show, and he took over and just stayed there. So if he hadn't have moved, you'd have an OBE. Well, it's interesting. If I hadn't moved, he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have, have taken over the show. And I wonder what he'd be doing now. But anyway, I'm, not, I'm you know good luck to him, and I, I wish him well in his retirement. Um, but uh, I think I think I should have just a little bit. So anybody in the northeast who remembers when I started the Night Owls show, perhaps you'd, you'd uh, drop me an email, jameswellradio at gmail dot com, or maybe maybe drop. Alan Robson, an email, and remind him. I think I've got some programme scheduling from back in the day with your name on it. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, and ITV did this big story, ITV in, in Time Tees. So I sent them a little email saying, get your facts straight. You don't want to upset ITV. Why not? Well, you've upset the BBC. Now you're upsetting ITV. I haven't done anything to the BBC. I've just said that they are too big. They need to be curtailed. They're not a commercial organisation. How can they be a commercial? They tried to be a commercial organisation, yet everyone in the land pays them about 170 quid a year. I could be a f***ing commercial organisation if everybody had to pay me, you know, 100-odd quid a year. I'd be rolling. How long would you do it for, though? What? Keep collecting the money. Well, I'd do it forever as long as I could get away with it like they are. <laughs> uh, no, should we start this show? For goodness sake, all this chit-chat's ridiculous. To play the jingle, let's start it. Well, my finger's been hovering over the button for ages. And none of this goes out, right? None of that goes out. And if it does, I will come looking for you with Mickey Mouse. Well, I don't think you'll make it across the border. Really? Why? Well, it's too hot. Hot in North Wales, are you sure? It's 29. Really? Yeah. I find that difficult to believe, but anyway, never mind. Uh, right, play the jingle. Let's start this. Now, welcome to the program, James Whale and the radio podcast. And as I speak to you from my small studio in my small house, I have one of my dogs licking my foot, which, Daisy, that's very nice, but <laughs> anyway. Um, right, so I hope you're all well. And if there are any problems, of course, just uh, get in touch. We'll sort them out, jameswhaleradio at gmail.com. Um, I had a great week this week. Uh, I have to tell you just something fun. I I, uh, I went to a friend of mine, Shirley Lewis, who used to be married to Luke Goss. They're still friends, but um, not man and wife anymore. Luke, of course, is half of Bross. Bross are playing uh, a concert at the moment. There, I think they've been in Ireland. They're coming to, to London next week, depending when you're listening to this. Um, anyway, Shirley worked for many, many years for George Michael, and she was one of his backing singers, 20-odd uh, years, I think. And she put together a show, uh, Cowboys and Angels, um, at the Academy in Brixton in London, which is a huge venue, holds about 5,000 people. And uh, on George's birthday, the 25th of June, 
um, she did this show, sold out, completely sold out. In fact, when I turned up, uh, the queue was right around the block. Never seen anything like it for years and years and years. Anyway, uh, she asked if I go along and just introduce the evening, which I did. The support band were White Eskimo, which we've spoken about on this program uh, many times. They've appeared on my talk radio show as well. And they were brilliant. They did uh, a little 20, 25-minute set. Um, and then, do you know gin and tonics were 10 quid a go? Anyway, um, so uh, and it was just a great evening. And it was fantastic. They did all George Michael's music over the past 20-odd years. And they had the original musicians from the band and the singers. That Nobody was being George. It was just the, the original singers in the band. And it was just fantastic. Fantastic. I've never been to a concert where you could ju- just enjoy it. it was, you know, it, w- it was perfect. The sound quality was perfect. It was just amazing. So well done. I'm pretty sure it will never happen again, but that was their tribute to the man they called the boss uh, who employed them for many, many years. And it was brilliant. So I don't know if anybody was there, but uh, I hope you had as good an evening as me. In fact, we all traveled back as four of us went. Uh, we travelled back and, uh, you know, we had to be there about six o'clock in the evening. And so nobody, we thought we'd go and get something to eat afterwards. It didn't leave there until about half past midnight. So it's a bit difficult to find something to eat. Do you know where we had our dinner? Uh, no, please tell. McDonald's on the motorway. Yeah, why not? And it was brilliant. Excellent. Great night. I've got one complaint. What? I didn't get an invite, as usual. No, well, you don't come down to the south very often, do you? No, but it's nice to be invited. All right, well, I'm going to the Bross concert next Friday. Um, Do you want to come? Uh, Thank you very much for asking me, but I can't make it, but I feel appreciated now. Good, good, good. Well, that's fine, because there are no tickets left and you wouldn't have been able to come anyway. Bollocks. Bollocks? Don't you f***ing swear on this show, you great big shitbag. Speaking of bollocks, is it okay if I take my trousers off? Because I'm sweating. No, it's not. Oh, dear. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, I was told by a lady friend of mine the other day I had to go and get new pants. When you say pants, are we talking American pants or British pants? British pants. She said I was, I mean, just like, you know, how she knew what I was wearing. Oh, they were hanging on the line. That'll do. Oh, no. Excuse me, guys. You're just going to talk amongst yourselves, will you? I'm going to take my trousers off while he's away. Excuse me. Come here. 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 Oh. You know. What's wrong? What are you doing? So nothing. I haven't taken my trousers off, honest. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, apparently I've always had the same, you know, pants. Uh, sort of, you know, fairly brief kind of things. Right, I'm getting with you now, yeah. Yeah, and apparently they're not very, you know, I need to apparently get the the sort of boxer shorts, but they're not boxer shorts, they're tight. Do you know the sort of things? I'm wearing them right now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd rather have a lot less around me than those. Isn't it sexier to wear something that's more like a Speedo? No, that's not sexy at all. Well, it used to be. 
This, this lady friend of mine said, they're like my dad used to wear. Yeah, I could imagine. Mm. Well, they're all black and they're all brief. My dad used to wear big baggy white Y fronts. You have to have the ones with the uh, the branding around the rim. I don't want anything around the rim. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. I don't want. I don't definitely don't want any branding around the rim. Anyway, let's get on with the show because uh, you're going to have to do so much editing to get the shit out of it. Um, what was I talking about? I've forgotten now. I was talking about Cowboys and Angels. That was a tribute to George Michael. It was brilliant. Good. Fine. Um, you can leave that bit in. Uh, I might come back to Brexit. I shall we'll do Brexit a bit now. Um, because, you know, I've been involved in, in interviews on my talk radio show about uh, that quite a lot. And it's just, it, it, of course, they're looking for a leader for the Lib Dems, but nobody seems interested in that, so we'll park that. Uh, Brexit, which is supposed to happen on the 31st of October, come what may. Jeremy Hunt, you see, I can do his name. It's a shame these BBC presenters make a real fuck up and say cunt, isn't it? But anyway, Jeremy Hunt and uh, Boris Johnson vying to be the next prime minister. Although I have to say, I think that when a political party that is in power wants to change their leader, I think they should automatically have to have, choose their lead and have to go for an election. That that can't work. Okay. Why not? Because if the general public pick the leader of the uh, party, then you could have all the uh, Corbyn uh, followers picking the worst leader deliberately. No, no, you, you, you misunderstand me. Um, if they're going to change their leader, then they change their leader, the party decide, mm. okay? So say the Conservatives didn't like Theresa May and they wanted a new leader, which is what has happened, and they go to their members and ask, and then Boris gets voted in, as everybody expects, although it may not happen. And when you're listening to this, it may already have been decided, I don't know. Um and then when they've chosen the new leader, that leader can't automatically become the prime minister. They have to then trigger a general election, or as some people say, a general erection. Yeah, that would work. Because otherwise, we have prime ministers, we've had them continually from the Labour side and the Conservative side just foisted upon us. And I know we don't vote for the personality. We vote for the party, not for the person in this country. But trust me, the majority of people vote on the person they have the most respect for, that they think can do the best job, etc., etc. Very few of us listen to the, you know, listen to the the what they're going to do or what they say they're going to do because we know most of it is just bollocks, absolute bollocks. Because they can offer the fucking world and then seldom deliver. So people basically vote. You, you get the diehards, I've always been a Labour or I've always been a Tory, whichever. And they, you know, they, they could do the most untold damage. But some of these people are so fucking thick, they only vote one way and they've only ever voted that way and would never vote any other way again. Those people, I think, should have the vote removed, to be honest. Everybody should listen to what the politicians are saying, and, of course, use your own intelligence to try and work out whether they could actually deliver some of the things they talk about. Because they talk bollocks all the time, and they'll tell you they'll do this and they'll do that. And if you press them on how they're going to achieve it, then they suddenly start talking about something else, hoping that you as the interviewer will actually forget what you ask them. And sometimes it works, trust me. I want to know more about Boris's model buses, though. I think we've, I mean, that's quite, quite an intro. That's a really good way 
Ross Kebsel, Talk Radio's political editor, I think, did the best interview with Boris. I thought all the others were just weak. But he, he, you know, caught him off guard. Have a little chit-chat. I learned that from David Frost. David Frost was a brilliant interview, but he said, never never do an interview because they're expecting you to hit them straight. Chat to them, you know. Ask them why they chose that colour tie or what are you doing this weekend? or And then you get into it. And then you can hit them with the questions when they least expect it. But putting his uh, bus fetish away for a moment, Boris has offered all kinds of stuff. He wants to be Prime Minister. Now, wanting that badly to be Prime Minister, is that a good enough reason to be voted in? And, of course, the majority of people in the Conservative Party will vote him in because they think he is a personality that will get elected at the next election. Yeah, I'll vote him in. Mm, you see? Um, and whether that's the right way to do it or not, I have no idea. But let me tell you this. They're all lying. If they say they can do Brexit with a deal, get it done by the 31st of October. That is a lie. Do we need to vote a good liar, though? That Surely the, the best person at lying is the best person for the job. <laughs> I Look, Brexit is the biggest cock-up we have made in peacetime in this country. It's doing us enormous damage. And don't be fooled by everybody. Say, oh, the economy's, the economy's good because the pound is low. That's why the economy is good. Now, we haven't left the European Union, so all the problems that were foretold when we leave the European Union are yet to come. And for some reason, there's a lot of, a, a lot of people frightened of these, these hard-lined Brexiteers who wish to leave Europe at all costs. And not one of them has managed to explain to me how we're going to be so much better. Oh, we're going to do great deals with China and America. Yeah, well, we, you know, we could have done good deals through the European Union if those deals were available. Um, it, it's just bizarre that, that people think this. Now, we have to leave because we've got to this stage where even if we said, well, we were a Vogue Article 50 and stay, um, it, the European Union would see that as a sign of weakness. We can't do that. We've made a f***ing bed. We need to lie in it. But we try, we need to mitigate the problems that there will be. And nobody has mentioned the Irish uh, border. And believe me, that is going to be a problem. So you can forget it. You can say, no, that is going to be a problem. Trust me. Um, so saying, I'll get it done, don't worry. And if we have to leave with no deal, it won't be that bad. It'll be a catastrophe, not just for us, but other countries around the world. So that's my Brexit thoughts. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you can always get in touch, jameswellradio at gmail.com or Monday to Friday, call me on Talk Radio 0344-499-1000 and we can talk about this or anything else. Talk about your Verukas. I haven't got one. Really? No. Mm, okay. Uh, we've, uh, we've, had a, we've had an email come in from a very angry person. Um who uh, who's, who says, uh, why are you so angry? Let's say there is a God. Well, let's not say there is it. Well, I mean, there could be a God, I suppose. Nobody knows, do they, really? But uh, I'll tell you why this, uh, I, I had a bit of a tirade on the the radio. Uh, when I, I'll tell you why. Because, A, uh, religious people tell you stuff that they have no idea that is true. And if it wasn't for the aggravation of the, the, the hard-lined Christians and Muslims believing in whether it's Mohammed or, or God or whatever they want to believe in, uh, and, and brainwashing people into believing it, uh, we wouldn't be in half the trouble in this world we are. And I'd, I looked at that picture of that dad and his daughter lying dead 
at the end of the river. Everybody's seen it, I am sure. And it just made me realize that if there was a God, would, would a God, why? Why would this happen? And don't give me that fucking nonsense about free will. We live in a shitty world where a, a bunch of people still believe in fictitious things and other people just want to get everything for themselves. Why have we not advanced in thousands of years? Why are we still, you know, got this wish to, to, to get one up on everybody else, whether it's our individual selves or us as nations? Why, why is it that we still sort our problems out with violence? Why are parents trying to take their children somewhere where they will have a better life and ending up dead in the 21st century? Why is half the planet starving to death and having no running water and the rest of us are like, well, we're very good in other lives, maybe, and that perhaps I should be believing in, uh, in, in religion. This God figure that mysteriously uh, governs what we do and then when we die, we go to this marvellous place and we live the life of Riley forever and ever and ever. Maybe, you know, if you're a Muslim, you get 13 virgins or 30 virgins if you've been very good. What is it? What is it with people who are so gullible to believe this shit? What is it? How does it happen? You know, how, how do people, how are people so gullible and taken in? If people actually concentrated on making life best for themselves and the people around them, because this is the life you have, there is no life sitting on a cloud or wandering around a, a place that you can call paradise. This is it. Make the best of it here. Unless you can prove to me differently. And I'm, I am open-minded, and if you can prove to me differently, I can. So this lady um, has written to me, uh, Pauline McGinty, uh, and she says I, she's been a Christian all her life. She's been bedridden for 40 years. Um, I, do you tell me you've been bedridden for 40 years? Is that, uh, why do you tell me that? I'm so sorry you have experienced the unkindness of people. I'm, you know, I just, I'm, it's not unkindness. They're just, they destroy people's lives in many ways. You know, they make people feel inadequate if they don't believe the stuff that they do, whether, again, Islam, Christianity. I lump them all in together. And some people say, you wouldn't say this about Islam. I'm saying it about every religion. She said, anyway, she goes on to say, a true person of faith should be showing the love of God, peace, kindness, gentleness, but sadly, as Jesus said, evilness will creep. Well, I don't even believe Jesus. I mean, there might have been some bloke called Jesus back then, but I just don't believe all of that stuff. All right, dogs. And, and the way religion goes on and on about sex as well. All these religions are obsessed with sex, and they don't like animals either, do they? Much. I honestly believe Jesus will return as he promised to put all the things right. Well, how much later is he going to leave it, I wonder? Um, what I don't understand, with all due respect to you, here it comes is you don't like religion forced on you, yet it's okay to force your beliefs on the public. I'm not forcing any belief. What belief am I forcing on you? I'm just putting another point. This is where when somebody says something that people are not too sure of themselves, and I guess you're not really sure, when you put a different point of view, or when you say you don't like that sort of thing being thrust upon you, I went to a school where I had religion shoved down my f***ing throat the whole time, where I was, I didn't realize until later in life that, that the Bible was just a bunch of stories concocted by people over the years. I thought it was a historical document. You know, you don't have to believe what I believe. We all have individual beliefs. And I think I am reasonably spiritual, and I think there is a sort of a spirit side to everybody, and maybe your spirit or maybe your soul or whatever you want to call it, maybe it goes 
and exist somewhere else? I don't know, but it isn't important because what we need to do is make this life the best, right? And so I'm not forcing my beliefs on you. It's quite the other way. Religion would like to force its beliefs on everyone, and in some countries, it does. You go to Iran or Saudi Arabia and say some of the things on the radio I'm saying, I'd have been executed ages ago. And if you go back about, I don't know, 800 years or so, if there was such a thing as a radio show 800 years ago and I said what I'm saying now, I'd have been burnt at the stake. So I'm not trying to force my beliefs down your throat. I'm just trying to balance the equation, Pauline, okay? Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch, though. And uh, don't bless me or any of that rubbish because I find that offensive. Really, that's you trying to force your thoughts on me. And you go on to say, whether Jewish, Muslim, and Christian are entitled to believe and practice their beliefs, you can practice whatever you want, as long, by the way, as it doesn't go against the law of the land. That's why this argument started on the radio the other night, by the way. Uh, and that pillock, Ken from Newcastle, uh, phoned in uh, because I was saying, great news, Prince William has said that he he wouldn't be worried if his son turned out to be gay. Well, of course, none of us would. None, no intelligent human being would manage. And if your child turns out to be gay or transgender or anything else, if you're a proper person, you just love them for whatever they are. But, oh, no, no, not religion. No, no, no. And so I get a bollocking on the air from this fuckwit Ken because I'm supporting people who happen to be gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, whatever, you know, whatever you are, fine with me, as long as you are a good person. And so in the end, I got a bit shitty with him, and you can see that the talk radio put the interview, or bit of the interview out. Wish they stopped doing that, because I haven't adjusted my makeup before they put those things out. Turn the lighting down. Well, I can't, can I? Hmm. Director, directing it. But anyway, you can see it, if you go to my Twitter site, at the James Whale, or at talk radio, you can see it. I think we've had about 4,000 views so far. You know, when someone says, I'll pray for you or God bless you, surely they could put something in law that makes it a bit similar to that sort of Me Too campaign. Mm, yeah, that's an idea. I don't want to be blessed. It's the same as I don't want to be touched. Mm, yeah, yeah, I find it offensive, Pauline. I find that really offensive, thank you very much. Why haven't we got people with placards saying there is no God standing at the end well, of the Well, until street? recently, that would be... F you'd be dumb for blasphemy, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think you might be uh, stoned or something. Because these religious nutters feel that they have a right. I'm not having my children educated about the fact some people are gay. Fuck off. Children need to be educated about what the world is about. And these prats, you know, the, the Islamic extremists, because that's what I think they are in Birmingham outside the school, who are causing enormous amount of upset to everybody. All right? They are objecting not to... They would lead you to believe people are teaching young children about sexual techniques. They are talking purely about how some families are not a man and a woman. Some families are two women, some families two men. Some families only have one parent, and that's basically what they're teaching children. Get off your religious high horse. You can believe anything you want. You can believe anything you want, but don't try and force your opinion down my throat. I'm not forcing you not to believe. You can believe whatever you want, and I can believe whatever I want. But stop trying to make other people do it. And stop saying, well, I... And this is the issue I have with those with, with Muslim people who want to cover their faces. And don't tell me it's not respectful. It is disrespectful to the rest of us who don't believe in that. 
If you want to cover your face, it means you don't want to have any relationship with anyone unless they believe what you believe. In this society, we are an open society, and we all see each other. You can't have a relationship with somebody who, to quote Boris Johnson, looks as if they're living in a letterbox. You can't. And why do people have to express their religion by wearing strange clothes? If you believe in that, that's great, and I'm happy for you, but don't go out of, I've got to wear this, I've got to do that, I've got to eat this, I've got to eat that. That is just bizarre. If you're going to live in what is a secular country, then come and join us and you can then talk to us about your religion and then maybe, of course, we will, some of us might want it. I might. I've got a brother who's a, who's a staunch Christian, lives for his beliefs, um, but we don't talk about it. But this whole business of covering your face and everything, um, I'm told that that has nothing to do with the Islamic faith. So why are people doing it? Don't you like the rest of us? You want to hide behind it? I want to know. You tell me. This is one of Rob's stupid questions. If Jesus is set to return, do you think he'll do it before or after the climate changes? <laughs> That's a very good point. And which is why, of course, this climate change uh, stuff is, in my view, pretty stupid. I mean, we should, we should stop making such a flipping mess of this planet. And I'm talking about you know, plastic and all the stuff in the oceans. I'm all, I'm all for doing that. I'm a supporter of all of that. But this whole, well, we've got to stop eating meat, we've got to stop flying, got to stop driving. It's, it, we're ruining the, it's going to, the planet's climate has always changed. Things on this planet affect the climate. We are affecting the climate. We can't really reverse it, whatever scientists say. And, and some of these the scientists disagree with this, but you only get to hear at the moment those who agree with it and say, we've got to stop doing this. And then, then, of course, countries like this one can impose carbon taxes on us, and it's a stealth tax. So when I drive into London, if I drive into London, I have to pay uh, money just to drive into the, the capital city of the country that I, I was born and live in. You know, it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's just bizarre. And so they're, they're conning us. If you did all this tomorrow and everybody stopped doing what they're doing, do you think the climate will, will change? The climate will change. It might not necessarily be any better for us if we stop doing this tomorrow. Who knows? Because the normal state of this planet is ice and snow. And we are living, scientists will tell you, in what they call an interglacial period between ice ages. And the ice age will return. If we kept on pumping out fossil fuels and stuff like that, probably find that in a couple of hundred years, the way humans breathe and the, the, the sort of makeup of their lungs and things would change, wouldn't they? They would have to, yeah. Yeah, and, and they'd probably adapt to breathing in a, a stranger sort of air. So all these kids going, oh, we've got to stop this, we've got to stop that, let's go back and live in tents. It's f***ing bollocks. Listen to both sides of the story. And we do need to be cleaner. We do need to stop throwing away this rubbish the whole time. I think I've, I've just sussed it now. We carry on throwing away what we like, flying planes, as long as we all start praying to God that he'll save us. We'll be okay. Well, there we are. If we all, if we all turn to religion, everything will be fine. Yeah. He'll stop climate change. And then when the, the, the ex-arch, and these, these priests, I mean, they're people who, who oh, golly, and they, they expect to be treated with respect, and they talk bollocks. Anyway, I don't want to, this is, I'm not, I, sex, drugs, rock and roll and religion, politics, and, um, and, hang on, no, 
Sex, drugs and rock and roll. That's different, right? Sex, politics, religion. Three things that will keep us all talking and disagreeing. And that's why I talk about them all. And the show. And the show, yeah. You know, if you talk about other stuff, uh, you can you get a few little bits and pieces. But basically, people are, uh, what what makes life tick? Sex, dro- um, it's not sex. Sex, <laughs> politics, and religion. That's what human beings are more interested in. We haven't done any sex on the show, have we? I've got this great idea because, you know, this love island everybody's obsessed with. Everybody has a, a magnificent body, a body that means you couldn't really do a job because you'd have to spend eight hours a day in the gym working out because they're not normal bodies. You were not born with a body like that. You have to achieve a body like that. Oh, you can get those uh, electronic stimulation machines, though, can't you? So you can do the exercising while you're sitting. What, vibrators? No, that's a different thing. I'm talking about where they shock your muscles in your body. Oh, vibrators apparently shock everything in your body. Only in a certain localised area. Really? Yeah, up on the back of my neck I find works really well. So uh, you're not going on Love Island then? I haven't been asked, you know. I would have thought I was a, a contender for Love Island. I've been in the Big Brother house. Why wouldn't you have me in, in Love Island? It's nice to be asked sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. That's why I think Pensioner's Paradise is going to be a great idea for a show. I thought you weren't talking about that. Oh, shit, no. Take that out. Take that out. Good. Um, right, I think probably time for you to do tech talk, tech, tech, tech talk, because I've been going on for hours. Yeah, let me uh, scroll, because I haven't got paper this week. I've got, I've got a computer. What? Well, I, I didn't... You haven't got paper? I haven't got paper. It sounds like you want to go to the toilet. Uh, Johnny Ive is... Do we not have any of those reviews? Uh, no, we run out of reviews. Oh, why? Well, because people... There's nobody listening anymore. <laughs> it's it's hard to leave a review on iTunes. Is it? Yeah. Why? We have to have an iTunes account, etc., etc. You don't... Even though iTunes is a great place to go and get this podcast from to start with, people use alternative players. It's all <clears throat> gobbledygook to me. I nearly said it's all Greek to me, but that's offensive. You can't say that anymore. Who is Johnny Ive? Has anyone ever heard of him? He's the designer of all the Apple products. Really? Yeah, so they've lost somebody quite good. Why Why has he gone? He wants to move into other areas. What, more money? I would imagine he'd get a phone call from someone like Samsung or a Huawei. Way, way. Without him, we wouldn't have had the iconic iPhone design. All right. So does that mean the iPhone's going to become shit? Well, to be fair, the iPhone has stayed the same for the last X number of years, so maybe it is mm. time for a new designer to come on board. Yeah. To, it's quite it's quite big news, really. Apple losing him, really. Do you think I need a new iPhone? Are you in my stomach? Um, I have had... Do you want to know what I had for breakfast this morning? I had uh, banana, strawberry, some cornflakes, yogurt, honey, and a bit of soy milk mixed up in a bowl. I haven't eaten anything today or drunk anything today. Why? That's ridiculous. I got up, went, crikey, it's hot outside. I better go in and do the show. You should have had some water at least. Oh, I I had some cranberry juice as well and a couple of really nice coffees. Guatemalan. I am sweating, but not from the usual place. Where are you sweating from? I, I can't say on the radio. But I'm sticking to the chair, that's all I'll say. Oh, God. Is it not windy there? 
No, there's no wind. It's all completely uh, blue skies, no clouds, yeah. everything's well, still. Here in the Garden of England, it is really windy. I've sent the staff out with some weed all. What? I've sent the staff out with some weed all to do the car park because apparently today is the ideal weather to weed your garden and your patios and your concrete and your tarmac. All right, okay. <laughs> anyway, look, can we get on with things? Um, where were we? Oh, uh, so the uh, iPhone is set to change then? Uh, potentially, yeah. My my younger friends tell me that my iPhone is old-fashioned and I need to upgrade. I've just upgraded to this one. Well, look, you're, you're, you've are you got the iPhone SE, which is the next one up from mine. I've got the iPhone 6. Now, my iPhone will not take the new operating system that's coming out in a few weeks' time. Mm. Yours will. Right. So, so you'll have to get a new one. No, I'm not going to get a new one because the new ones don't have a headphone port on it. Oh, no, they've got that Wi-Fi thing, haven't they? Bluetooth uh, ear bods, bods, pods. Yeah. And people look ridiculous. They walk around the street talking. Yeah, they look like they've got um, cotton balls hanging out their ears. Yeah. yeah, they are ugly, it has to be said. And um, they would fall out. What happens when they fall out and you lose them? They do fall out. You do lose them. And I think it's about £70 a side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't want any, any anywhere. They don't work on this one, do they? Mm, yeah, they do. But your, your phone is too near the microphone. Oh, sorry. Ow, shit. <laughs> Fucking bollocks. Right. I just got I just got my headphone wire tangled up. There's a Ow. New, there's a new plane what? called Alice. Oh, sorry. Alice? Yep. What's that song? Uh, Alice. Who who, who, who the f is Alice? Yeah. I like that. That's uh, Roy Chubby Brown, isn't it? Is it? Gosh. Or at least he did a version of it. Yeah, but it wasn't him to begin with. I don't think who so. Was it? Was it smoky? I think it was. My stomach is really raw. I'm going to have to go and have something else to eat. I think. So you've eaten, and I and your stomach is rumbling, and I haven't eaten a thing, and my stomach is not rumbling. There's probably nothing in there to rumble. Maybe. Well, no, you probably have got. I don't know. Anyway, the Israeli there's an Israeli aerospace firm that has made a plane called Alice that will carry nine passengers for 650 miles, and the plane is electric. All right. So don't worry well, about climate change. We yeah. have electric planes on the way. Good. Well, that will be great. And, you know, when they make a great big f**k-off Range Rover, which is uh, electric, I should look forward to it. Uh, there was a piece of software called Deep Nude. Right. Which is no longer available. The uh, author has removed it from his website. Basically, it'll take any photograph of anybody and remove their clothing. Yeah, but it can't really. No, it just sort of models the body shape yeah. and works out where yeah. the nipples and bits yeah. are. Yeah. And uh, apparently there was a bit of a complaint about it, and uh, the guy has removed it. Have you got any? It's shit. Trust me. Is it? Absolute oh, okay. shit. It's, I don't even know why I bothered removing it, to be honest. It's absolute mm. shit. All oh, right. I mean, you know, if you ever watch uh, Celebrity Juice... And yeah. uh, occasionally mocks up some photographs of people's face, like Eamon Holmes on top of uh, <laughs> you know a, a, fit, a fit man with his um, bits hanging out. Um, you know that's a lot better quality than uh, this product that uh, was trying to be launched for fifty quid a pop. God, but uh, yeah, no, well, the bloke better keep a low profile. The thing yeah. is, this is like version one, if you like, of the software. It yeah. won't be long before it'll be the norm. For people for a laugh to just drag and drop people's photographs into a product out there like an app or something on your phone and it'll remove. And I think then everybody will just become normalised to just naked bodies. Well, I might as well just give up wearing clothes. I mean, I've been walking around here naked for a while. 
Well, I'm in my underpants. That's disgusting. Shall I go further? You do what you like. I can't see. You know, the camera is off. In fact, hang on a minute. Let me put a piece of paper over the camera in case you turn it on. There we go. I feel a lot safer now. And I don't feel so sick. <laughs> anyway, right, let's, where are we? Um, so that's it, yeah, tech talk, right, you've done that, haven't you? I've got more, but yeah, you carry on if you Oh, go on then, go on, no, it's okay. Uh, Nokia has said don't use their rival's equipment. Why? Because they might not be trustworthy, as in Huawei. Nokia have come out and said the UK should not, or be very mm. wary of Huawei's equipment. So that's a bit sort of unfair isn't it when your competition comes out and says that i mean no because we don't know exactly what is going on with the chinese government and i am amazed if this if this government continue in fact that's a good question for my live show tonight i might ask about that how far are we because nobody talks about any of the important issues at the moment it's all brexit that's all anybody is concerned about and a lot of people are very worried about the outcome of this. Trust me, it is not going to be as easy as people think, however it goes. Um, right, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you who called me the other day. Who? You're talking about Israeli aerospace. Um, uh, Yuri Geller. And what did he got to say for himself? Well, no, we're having a little chat, and he he's just um, got this spoon, the biggest spoon in the world, into the um, Guinness Book of Records, which is outside his new uh, museum to himself in uh, in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And he was just ringing up and telling me. So is it a bent spoon? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that he bent it. I think it's just been made as a replica, but it is the biggest spoon ever built. I like Yuri. I'm not, I'm not a 100% believer, as you know, but I, I like Yuri. No, I, um, but it's interesting. How old is Uri now? Because when he first became famous, it was back in the six, early 60s. Um, is it that early? I mean, I was Yeah, sort of, I think it was, yeah. yeah. And, and David Frost did some of the first interviews with him. And, and then before that, he actually appeared on the front cover of Time magazine as an Israeli commando during the Six-Day War. Yeah, I remember that, but I, I remembered it sort of later on in life. Obviously, it wasn't around yeah. at the time. Yeah. So he must be now heading towards 80. He's done really well for himself. He's kept himself sort of popping in and out and in and out of the sort of media for <laughs> Well, he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, but the whole point of this is he looks the same today as he did when he first started. He, d- he hasn't aged at all, a little bit like myself. He hasn't aged at all. In fact, he said to me, why don't you come over? Come and spend some time with me in, uh, in Israel, he said, because uh, I, can, I can help you live to 110. Isn't that just a climate thing, though? Well, don't, no, I don't want to live to 110. <laughs> Mind you, if, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well. He might even be over 80. I wonder how old he actually is. And some people, and he doesn't, some people say, well, actually, he may well have originated from another planet. I think he's got some sort of magnetic fragments, like, um, you know, the iron in his blood is, is sort of a super iron, and he's got a big magnet that lifts everything. Really? Well, you are weird, aren't you? Okay, um, right, uh, continue. Um, Twitter will hide rule-breaking politicians' tweets. Rather than banning them, they're just going to hide their tweets so nobody gets to see them. In other words, they're going to mute them. 
Yeah, but they're going to sort of... Obviously, the tweet will go out maybe originally. People will complain, and then they click hide. So they'll just actually just mm. remove them from the thing. But they'll still be there. As far as the politician's concerned, I think it, they'll think it's still out there. And so what, what are politicians doing that is rule-breaking? I think it's, um, you know, if you say stuff that isn't true and uh, could be misleading... Well, I think somebody should come up. Listen, it can't be difficult to, to replicate Twitter and call it something else, can it? Uh, Twatter. Yeah. Why don't we operate something called Twatter? <laughs> so we'll all be twats then on Twatter. Yeah, and you do a twat rather than a tweet. I think that's a good idea. Why can't we do that? Well, we could do. We might get sued by uh, Twitter. Why? Well, we're Twatter. Yes, I understand that, but uh, it's very We're not similar. Twitter. We're Twatter. We're twats, not tweets. Okay. Or shatter. So we're going to put out some shits. Oh, this is juvenile. Let's carry on. Um, okay. Have you got anything else to impart? <laughs> I'm going to give up. <laughs> I think it's time to do questions for the whale, isn't it? Uh, let me have a look at the clock. Yeah, go on then. We've got questions for the whale. We're running out of time. Have you got any movies, by the way? Uh, you want me to send you some more movies? Well, yeah, send me some movies. But I've just wondered if you had any... That movie, I talk... did I talk about it in last week's podcast? Close. Just very good. I watched it again. Close. That's a very, very good movie. Yes. Yeah. And I don't even know who the, the people in it are. They're not big stars, are they? But no. the girl who's the, the lead in it, she's brilliant. I hope they do a close two. Mm. Well, you could do one easily. Or like um, a prequel. Yeah. That'd be quite good. But who is the actress who plays the, the, uh, the bodyguard? If only I had a thing you know, could search a big, huge database. Um, You'd be able to say. Well, I'd be able to say, like, um, you know, like, uh, attached to a keyboard, so it'd be easy for me to type in. Yeah. Um, Someone should invent that. Why has nobody ever come up with an idea like, like that? Uh, interconnected loads of computers that have uh, mm. lots of information. Oops, yeah. Anyway, she was exceptionally good. Yeah, it was um, a Netflix film. So it didn't go out to the cinema. By the way, can I watch Netflix without a TV license? Uh, yes, you can. You see, I'm not having a TV license again, as we spoke before. But there are loads of things, and I could watch. I could watch Sky News on my phone, couldn't I? Yes, you can, without a TV license. Correct. Who's going to Who's going to come and check what you're doing on your phone? In fact, you could watch all TV on your phone. When I think about it, no, you can't watch the BBC on your phone. Well, who's going to come and tell me? Well, who's what? going to ask me in public, have you got a license for the phone? Who's going to ask me that? You have to register with the BBC to watch it on your phone before you can use the app. Oh, so I couldn't pick it up anyway? No, but uh, there are plenty of other websites that will retransmit the BBC. Not that I'm saying that you should go and watch those, but I'm just saying There's they are. There's nothing on the BBC I want to say. I'm just asking the question. Do, so you could, you're not legally allowed to watch a BBC programme on your phone but you can watch anything else. Yeah, you can't even watch clips now. If you go to um, certain BBC websites and there's a 30-second clip of something that happened, um, yeah. you have to uh, register for BBC. It's time for the BBC to be cut back enormously and for the licence fee to be scrapped. The BBC should be allowed to do what commercial broadcasters can't. That's it. That's all they need to do. Yeah, but then again, there are a few programmes that are quite good on the BBC. Like? Well, quite like The Apprentice. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a programme that could easily go on to a commercial channel. Yeah, that's true. That is very I like Dragon's Den. That <gasps> oh. could go on to a commercial Blake channel. Blake Seven. Yeah. 
and Kill London. Have you seen this new series called Kill London? No, I've got it stored up on my Sky Planner. It's very, very good. And I've just found something. I have got a TV license at the moment. I'm just not getting I found something very good on my television I didn't know you could do. If you're watching a program, sometimes I come in late at night and look at something, and it says, if you want to watch this from the beginning, press something or other. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's quite a new feature. That's that's just um, time-shifting TVs. Yeah, they, that's uh, been around for a while. All oh, right, okay. I didn't know until... Anyway. Right, okay. Questions for the Great Whale. Oh, I haven't got any of those. I've got questions for the whale. You're looking for a smack in the gob? Uh, potentially, I, I am. Um, All right, I found the questions on the computer. I might as well do the questions and the answers. No, no I'll tell you what, I'll ask the questions. Right. You give the answers right this time. Okay. Uh, Edward Owens says, why are the England women's football team better than the men? Uh, because they don't roll around in the pitch going, oh, you fouled me. Give me a penalty, please. Very good answer. Alison Sarah Carroll says, how are you today, James? Well, I hope you're doing well. Uh, he's a lot calmer today. Rob James says, there's a highway to hell, but only a stairway to heaven. What does this say about anticipated traffic numbers? It says, uh, hell is the best place to go. Lots of fun down there. Whips, chains and all sorts. Uh, Matthew Feeney is the support of Mr. Johnson turning into some weird cult. I'm glad you read that correctly. Um, yes, it is. And it's a good cult to be in. Linda Forey uh, says, when can we go back to the time of free speech and free choice and stop being treated like babies? It's bloody embarrassing. I think we're there now. What free speech do you not have, Linda? You'd let me know and we'll sort it out for you. Uh, Michael Johnson says, why does Metro Radio in Newcastle feel the need to scrap night owls? Last one tonight. Tyneside is in a sombre mood. So much love for the show and, of course, of the early days where you were the instigator and torchbearer. Ah, oh, Michael, that's really sweet. You were the only person who's remembered that. Alan Johnson would never mention my name. Do you know, I might ring in, but I might have missed it. Um, but anyway... Uh, Michael, join us on Talk Radio. Okay, no need for the Northeast to be sombre. And I listened to, uh, I had a little listen. It's never changed over 40 years. Maybe that's okay. I, I imagine that the listening figures have begun to drop because it was sounding a bit old fashioned. Only saying. Oh, sorry, I answered that as well, didn't I? It's okay. <laughs> Daniel Seven says, uh, James, have you ever been to Glastonbury? Uh, I can answer that one. <clears throat> Go on. Have you ever been to Glastonbury? I have, yeah. Uh, yes, he has. Mm. Uh, James Musgrove, Boris or Jez Corbyn? That's a question that's not even worth answering because the answer is already in the question. Good. Uh, Lucy Joanne Badman, is Boris's private life in any way relevant to him being a prime minister? Uh, yes, if he wishes to make that segment of his private life public. Yeah. It really bears out the character of a person, and I think it is necessary to know the character of a person. Oh, I answer that too. Sorry. Uh, Linda Miller-Bigot. Have you noticed the real lack of staff in shops lately? There will be no job soon for our grandchildren during holidays. Plenty of seasonal work in North Wales. 
Yeah. And you get everything online. So, you know, you go into a shop. Why would people want to stand around with nothing to do? Uh, right, where was it? Oh, Susan Hogg, why should we do self-checkouts supermarkets when we don't get paid to work there? Personally, Susan, I just find it a lot, lot quicker. Isn't it annoying, though, when you're scanning everything in and you n- suddenly notice a sign afterwards that says card payments only or cash mm-hmm. only? Mm-hmm. Sort your machines yeah. out if you're going to do it. Don't have machines there that aren't working. And I went to, uh, to buy a couple of uh, boxes of paracetamol or something the other day, and you have to wait for an assistant to come and see if you're old enough. Yeah, you're only have two boxes, aren't you? I don't know what it was, but I was annoyed, so I just threw them down and walked out. That sort of does defeat the object. They're bringing in uh, face recognition and also cameras that track whether you do actually scan stuff in properly. Hmm. So things like that might change. So if you scan some paracetamol, it scans the face. It goes, oh, that's James Whale, famous for night owls. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let him have those. I think you should get onto night owls tonight and remind them. <sighs> have I really got to go and troll yeah, them again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I've got to go. Uh, I've got washing to hang up, believe it or not. Don't forget the books. You've got to plug the books. This is an advert. Oh, yeah. And you could go to the uh, you go to the website at jameswellradio.co.uk. Look in the shop and you can get a fabulous copy of my autobiography. And uh, you, you even get a T-shirt or a baseball cap with a Whaley logo on. Become mm. a member of the Whale cult. Might take a few days for you to get them because I'm not going to the post office in this weather. Yeah. But, you know, make him walk. Make him get out there. Make him post them to you. I'm going to put my trousers on. All right, I'll talk to you later, bud. See okay, you in a bit. Ta-da. Bye. Bye. to the James Well Radio Show. For more information, visit www.jameswellradio.co.uk. Why not check us out on facebook.com slash jameswellradioshow or follow James on Twitter at the James Whale. James Whale, the voice of reason.